This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c The quickest way to have a miserable travel experience is to have wildly high expectations because they will typically not be met. Kids are capable of so much. I am a huge fan of setting high expectations for children in general in terms of what they are physically capable of, in terms of what they can learn. They are sponges. They are excited. They are excited to learn, excited to explore. But when we have expectations that are too high or not age appropriate, that is a really good way to make it stressful for both our child and for us. So I feel like whenever we try to lower those expectations of the perfect situation that we can accomplish, we create opportunities for everyone to thrive, for everyone to reach often higher expectations. Welcome to the Peds Doc Talk podcast, a podcast that continues to grow because of you and your reviews, and a podcast where I get to welcome the most amazing guests to chat about all things parenting, child health, child development, and also parental health and mental health. Today's guest is one of my social media friends, Preeti Harbuck, and she's joining me to talk about five tips on traveling by plane with kids. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Well, I can't remember when I discovered your platform on social media called Local Passport Family, correct? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Yes. And tell us a little bit more about yourself, what you share on that platform as well for anyone who's not familiar. Absolutely. So like you mentioned, my name is Preeti and I share a family travel blog and Instagram account, but it's a little bit different from normal everyday family travel. I do love sharing destination inspiration, tips, tricks for travel, but I also love sharing those in a way that is inclusive of a wide variety of families and especially helps provide more access and accessibility for travel and the outdoors in particular to families of color and other families from marginalized communities. So it's very important to me to incorporate that advocacy piece and to open up the outdoors and other experiences, other cultures um, to people from all backgrounds and experiences. I also love sharing about those different cultures and using travel as an opportunity for education, inspiration, insight, and advocacy for families. Well, I hope to have you on again on the show to chat about ways that travel promotes development and obviously skills that children can learn, because I know you're also a mother of how many children? I don't think people are familiar. Six children. (laughs) Yeah, six children. So it's awesome watching you and your travels, not only for what you just mentioned, but also for all the tips and tricks you provide traveling with so many different children of different ages. And so I love that. I love the inclusivity you provide. I love the tips and tricks that you provide, looking at safety, looking at, you know, going international and what to 
expect. So a wealth of information. So for anyone who's not familiar, you're going to want to follow Local Passport Family and check out her blog as well. But we're chatting today about traveling by plane with kids. Now, you have traveled by many different means, I'm sure, with your children. Indeed, yes. (laughs) Pretty much anyone that you can think of. Yes, I'm sure. And we're talking about just five tips on traveling by plane with kids. And it was an important thing that we talk about this because parents, if they've never done a plane trip with their child, do feel a sense of worry of like, how's this going to go? What's going to happen? They're going to cry. The people are going to scare at me or stare (laughs) at me. There's a lot of feelings. So I would love to hear just your top five tips. Of course, there are probably way more than this, but kind of for people to get started. Absolutely. I feel like the last few years especially have been kind of unique. You know, plane travel hasn't happened as much. And I know I have felt out of practice even in the last little while, you know. And so once you get back into it, it feels a little bit overwhelming at first often. And so hopefully these tips help make it feel a little bit more accessible, a little more simple, and encourage more people to try it out when given the opportunity. So my very first tip is to know your kid. Parents are the experts with their kid. And I know that that is something that you have shared a lot as well, especially as a pediatrician. You are the expert on children's health. Parents are the experts on their particular children. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true for travel as well. You know, you know your child, you know what is going to be a good fit in terms of the type of experience, in terms of tips and tricks that will help them in particular on a flight, whether they are going to be comfortable in a car seat for the entire ride. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I always recommend using a car seat if possible because it's the safest way to transport a child on a plane. But sometimes that just doesn't work for some families. There are some Mm -hmm. families who never use car seats in general, who don't have access to a car seat, you know, so you know your child best, you know what's going to work for them on that flight. You know if a morning flight is going to work well, if they're going to nap during the day, if they're likely to sleep overnight. There's just so many different aspects to it where I really hope that parents have confidence knowing that they know their child. Oh, I love that one. And what a great way to start. We could just end it right there and be like, you know, your child, because that's in every aspect of parenting, especially with travel. And I think it's so hard sometimes because when you see advice from people, whether it's about parenting or travel, you see people say, well, don't do this and don't do that. Like, I'm going to use the example of screens. Like, we don't typically use screens for Ryan at restaurants on the go. It's not something we typically do for us. But when we travel on airplanes, there is a pass on screens, which another family may not do that. And we know that that works for Ryan. And it's so much about that, that saying, hey, I'm going to look at my what works best for my kid. I'm also going to look at my rules and maybe breaking them sometimes at obviously serving the best interest of everyone. And I also love how you mentioned about the car seat thing. I also agree that car seats on airplanes are the most ideal situation. But like you said already with your platform, you also recognize that it's not always possible for families, whether it's cost, whether it's where they're traveling, they don't have one. But I love that you mentioned that. So already, thank you for the understanding of safety, but also inclusivity, because I think there can be some judgment either way, right? Like people who take the car seat on, why are you taking the car seat on? People who don't take it on, why are you not taking it on? So I love your platform also. And I love you because you really understand the nuance of parenting and people's choices. Absolutely. And I feel like so often those who are judged the most or shamed the most for making an ideal parental choices, which we all do at times, those who are the most judged for them are the people who typically are from marginalized communities in some way or another. You know, if you're traveling as a single parent for a funeral, maybe, you know, if you have some other physical or mental challenge or disability with your child and you have to have a screen to make it through that experience, you know, those are often the people who bear the brunt of that judgment. And so I think it's really important that we recognize that there are no perfect situations for every parent and for every child. Yeah. Well, this is a great number one. And then what's next on that list? 
Absolutely. So the second one kind of piggybacks off of that. It's lower your expectations. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the quickest way to have a miserable travel experience is to have wildly high expectations because they will typically not be met. Kids are capable of so much. I am a huge fan of setting high expectations for children in general, in terms of what they are physically capable of, in terms of what they can learn. They are sponges. They are excited. They are excited to learn, excited to explore. But when we have expectations that are too high or not age appropriate, that is a really good way to make it stressful for both our child and for us. So I feel like whenever we try to lower those expectations of the perfect situation that we can accomplish, we create opportunities for everyone to thrive, for everyone to reach often higher expectations. And also one of the biggest things, an example I would give is that you expect a 18 month old to sit still the entire time, or you expect even just so you take a car seat on board, you expect your 18 month old to sit there the entire time. Like obviously we're doing these things with the hope that yes, it's going to happen maybe, but yeah, lowering the expectations. Cause then what happens is that when it doesn't match your expectation is that you feel guilty. You feel like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. I'm this terrible parent. And then guilt sets in and then no one's having a fun time. Absolutely. And I've actually been there. <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> yeah. Like meaning, especially with travel, like I actually had really bad travel anxiety with Ryan. Um, and a lot of it was because of the pandemic, we never traveled with him in that first year. We wanted to, but the pandemic happened and no one was traveling. And then Mm -hmm. when we finally traveled at 14 months, he was a wild child, like, you know, (laughs) jumping around. He's very busy, like most toddlers are. And it was very overstimulating for me. And I realized, like you said, it was that expectation. Like, why am I expecting this 14 month old to be able to sit still on a plane when he doesn't sit still on at home, you know, and a lot of it was feeling judgment from other people, all of the things that we talked about already. But yeah, it's so such an important thing in travel and in parenting to just kind of appreciate the things that they do, but also really manage it so that we're not disappointed and we give them more opportunities to thrive, like you mentioned. Exactly. And there's something else that I've thought about with you mentioning screens. There's another account that I follow called The Gamer Educator, and they talk a lot about the data behind screens and how they can be beneficial for children, but how they can also be beneficial for parents. You know, parents mm-hmm. needs matter as well. And I think we do a disservice to our children and to ourselves when we only consider the needs of our children, when we only consider the expectations based on what is good for them. I think it's important to remember that travel and life is for the parents as well. You know, our our mental health matters, our experiences matter, you know? So a lot of times we travel with our kids in mind, but we're also considering our own needs as parents, our needs as a whole family, the siblings, the babies, the older kids, you know, it's a balance of everyone's needs. And when we can take into account everyone's needs and creating those expectations, it's beneficial for the entire family. Absolutely. Already off to a great start with these two. What would be number three? Absolutely. So number three is being prepared with food and drink. Mm. I feel like that can be one of the most challenging things with traveling with little ones, especially who either may have special dietary needs, especially if they are newer babies who are just starting to try foods, or if they are older children who might be challenged with picky eating, who might not be comfortable in new places or new eating situations. I always like to be prepared with a few things that we know that we can eat that is accessible to us. Even if we're, you know, running through the airport and don't have time to stop for food, you always want have something on hand. 
As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess meals. Chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with factor meals because they're ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious factor meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Are you looking for something different to entertain your kids? Check out a new podcast for children. Mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as M-A-T-H, is a weekly show full of time travel puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. Math is geared towards kids six and up, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. I love how the episodes are under 20 minutes, which was perfect for our drive to school. And my four-year-old really loved the episode, The Pirate Queen. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and so much more. New episodes drop every Thursday, and I love how engaging, funny, and educational the episodes are. Your kids won't even realize they're learning about math and problem solving. My son even said he wanted to finish the episode on our drive home from school. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. I always like to travel with either a sippy cup or a water bottle, depending on the age of my child. Mm-hmm. It is much easier on a plane, especially because you do not want to deal with spilled cups and laps and yeah, all the yeah. things. So it just is a lot simpler for us when we have a contained sort of solution to hold liquids. So those are a couple of things that are always helpful for us. Yeah. And do you, in terms of maybe we'll get to this, what do you recommend packing in like the carry-on bags for you or your children? Yeah. So I always pack the food and drink. So that is probably the number one more than, you know, almost anything else, including clothing, 
whatever else, you know, as long as we have snacks, snacks usually count as an activity as well. Yeah, so yeah. I tend to go pretty low on the activities. Actually, I find that my kids tend to be stimulated by so many things when we're flying, you know, by the seat back card, by right. the barf bag in the bag, yeah. you know, by a cup of ice, different things like that. And so I like to let my kids take the time to really soak in those different textures, the different experiences, the different things that they're seeing around them before introducing a bunch of other activities, you know, and that doesn't work for everyone. Some people like to pack a new activity for every hour or gift wrap it and have them open it up. And if that works for you, fantastic. That goes back to knowing your child and yeah. knowing if they really thrive on those um, new experiences. My children Children tend to do better when we do pack activities with activities that are familiar to them and comfortable to them that they can immerse themselves in doing for longer periods of time instead of just kind of a quick fix with something right. new. So I will usually yeah. pack a small bag of Legos for a couple of my younger kids, you know, just like a small like Ziploc bag. And they will spend, you know, hours just playing with those few bags of Legos or wiki sticks, same thing, you know, something that is open-ended and allows them to immerse themselves in that activity for an extended period of time. Yeah. And I love it. Like you said, you see a lot of people talk about the gift wrapping and I was like, that seems great, but that's a lot of mental work for me to prepare and already the anxiety of having to pack and do all the other stuff and then forgetting to feeling like you have to do that. And again, you're normalizing that you don't have to do any of this. It's all just, and if it works for you, great. Yeah, you know, but what it works. Doesn't, that's fine too. Yeah. Especially with a lot of kids, like we try to travel as minimally as possible. So yeah. I'm not interested in packing a bunch of extra things like that. Yeah. So. Awesome. And then already, so this is three things. What would be number four? Number four is remember your priority is your child mm -hmm. and your child's job is not to soothe other adults. Other adults are capable of soothing themselves. They should have developed that skill by now. You know, that is part of being a grown up, knowing your capacity, your boundaries, and creating a situation for yourself that allows you to have a comfortable experience while flying a public vehicle. Yeah. Your responsibility is your child. Of course, we should be respectful of other people. I would never go out of my way to create a situation where we are disrespectful to other people around us, to other passengers. I would never create a situation where I just let my child yeah. you know, run wild. However, my primary responsibility is to my child, not to the other passengers on the plane. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, children are children. They're the ones that we are beholden to. They're the ones whose needs we are responsible to address and protect. And after we do those, after we do our best to take care of their needs, then we can think about the others around us. And that just helps me feel a little bit more relaxed, knowing that, my responsibility is to these six little people and then everyone else comes next. You know, that doesn't mean they're not important. That doesn't mean right. that I'm going to let my children's needs, you know, take precedence over everyone else's. That just means what I do is with my children in mind. Well, this is so important because I think a lot of the judgment and the fear of flying is not even just about flying. It's about the fact that what are people going to say when my child who doesn't have the emotional regulation yet of hopefully an adult, we use the term hopefully loosely, because you're right, some adults don't have it and they are upset. And I've seen it. I've been there where, you know, adults getting angry at little children on flights or in restaurants or in other places where children are allowed. Children are humans. They're allowed to go to a lot of the places we go to. But yeah, I think a lot of that judgment is that fear. That fear is coming from the judgment of what other people are going to say. And you say it so beautifully on how, hey, this is your kid. Focus on them. Everybody else needs to regulate themselves. 
I think when people hear that, they sometimes forget that that doesn't mean that you're allowing your child to run up and down the aisle and hit people on the head or jump up and down on a tray table. Well, that's not good for your kid. Right. Usually when we're addressing our yeah. kids needs, that helps right. everybody else as well. You know, those right. go hand in hand. But it's so important to remember that you're setting boundaries, but also understanding that your child is developmentally where they are. Like if a child's crying, they're going to cry. They're going to cry on the ground. They're going to cry in an airplane. Like you can't always control when a child is going to cry. You can predict, okay, like you mentioned, snacks or, you know, we'll have these activities. Yeah, we can work to create yeah. situations and environments where they are going to thrive. But at the end of the day, we can't control our children's behavior. Yeah. And I think that fear really stops a lot of people from wanting to travel because they're like, it's just going to be so much more of a headache. But that goes in line with your number two, lowering the expectations. You're the expert on the kid and just being prepared as best as you can. So all of these are so beautifully connected. And then what's that top five or the next one? <laughs> well, and before we go on to that, yeah. I always think too about how, and I've said this before, but our children are often more physically capable than we expect right. and less emotionally capable than we expect, you know? So I feel like a lot of times, I'm surprised by what my kids can accomplish physically. I'm like, oh, wow. you know, my yeah. five-year-old is easily rolling the wheelie bag and, you know, carrying his own backpack and doing the things, you know, but then we tend to be surprised when they're emotionally dysregulated, when they don't have the emotional capacity to get through a 12-hour flight or, you know, less sleep or whatever, you know, they are emotionally still young and still yeah. sensitive. And I think we need to be respectful of that as well and create situations where we can help them emotionally in addition to physically. Yeah. Love it. Very so then good. Connecting over to yeah. number five, know that it will end, you know, no flight has gone on forever and ever, you know, <laughs> there's never been a flight in the history of the world that has just not ended. You will likely never see the other passengers on the plane ever again. It will end. You will be free of them. And most passengers, 99% of other passengers tend to be supportive and helpful and kind anyway. So i hope more than anything that by listening to this, other parents feel confident and safe in traveling yeah. as well, you know, that they don't feel fearful, that they recognize that other people generally want to help. Other people are generally kind and good. And even if they're not, it's going to be over pretty soon anyway. Yeah, that was actually a beautiful final message. I was going to ask you if you had a final message, but that was great. <laughs> I love it. Is there anything else you wanted to add as a take home? But that was wonderful. I mean, I feel like that kind of sums it up, you know, and it's worth it. Yeah. The small inconvenience or the challenges of the actual flight are generally for getting you somewhere that you want to be either for yeah. a vacation or to be with family as wonderful, joyful time, or sometimes during sad times, you know, it's a tool and a resource and a gift that we have that allows us to connect to other peoples and other places around the globe. And I, as someone who had travel anxiety with the child, meaning I was nervous about all these things that we're talking about, the judgment, the he's not going to sit still, all of that. I can honestly say that now he's three years old and I enjoy it. And I always say like a lot of parenting is understanding that in order for our children to understand experiences, they have to experience them, right? Like Absolutely. how is my child ever going to learn what happens in an airplane if I just say I'm never going to take him? Now, yes, Absolutely. I respect families who say I want to wait till they're a little bit older. Maybe that's the personal decision. Finances. I'm not saying that everyone has to travel by plane. But if your fear and reservation is I don't want to deal with what other people are going to say and it's just going to be too hard. I love what you just mentioned. What you're going to get to do when you get to your destination. Unfortunately, you can't 
always drive to everywhere you want to go. And so it's like, I always look to that. And anytime I've had a difficult flight with Ryan, I always think about the destination and I'm like, wow, we had so much fun. Like it was a great time and it gets better as they get older. Learn with practice. (laughs) Travel is a skill like so many others. You know, we all get better at it with practice. The kids get better. The parents get better at it, you know? Um, And just like the flight will end, the kids will grow out of that stage as well. You know, we'll get better either with growth or with practice or both. Yeah. I'm like excited now. Like it used to be that first few times you're just like, oh, and now I'm like, let's go. And he, you know, and of course it's a balance of age, it's exposure, but it's a balance of all of those things. And uh, I love this conversation. Thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Where can people find you to stay connected? I know we addressed the, your Instagram handle and your blog, but if you can tell everyone again, and I'll be adding that to my show notes also. Yes, absolutely. So you can find me at Local Passport Family on Instagram, localpassportfamily.com is my blog. And I'm also currently working on a book with National Geographic on 50 road trips for families. And so be sure to check me out there as well. Amazing. As I said already, I love following Preeti, not only for all the things that she puts out there for family life, but also for traveling, the parks, the outdoor, indoor, the inclusivity. It's such an amazing account and resource. So make sure you check it out. I'll be linking her Instagram account and website on the show notes. And thanks again for joining us. Thank you for having me. And for everyone listening, make sure if you love this conversation to leave a review and rating and make sure to call out the guests that you really love. I hope to have Preeti on again to talk about more things related to travel and the benefits of travel. But the way you guys leave reviews and the way you leave ratings really helps this podcast continue to grow. So thank you. And I cannot wait to welcome another guest next week. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. As always, please leave a review share this episode with a friend, share it on your social media. Make sure to follow me at Pete's Doc Talk on Instagram and subscribe to my YouTube channel, Pete's Doc Talk TV. We'll talk to you soon. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts.